viewer discretion advised. Good morning, my chicks and cats out there. Thank you for tuning in again. Of course, you know this is Nick. So as I sit here um, watching myself graduate, I'm doing a commencement, the virtual style, sitting here with my daughter. And it made me realize some things and it made me think of my past and my present and of course my future. I'm so private and a person who don't, talk about my achievements, my failures, or any of that. So doing this podcast is one of the most powerful statements that I can say that to show my growth, to show that the level of maturity and understanding who I am as a person, as a woman, as an individual, and I'm loving myself. So let me jump right into the story and get you to the point of where I'm at today. So, like I said, past podcasts, me and my grandmother didn't really have that type of relationship where she acknowledged my achievements. Um, She was more so the type, if I had all A's and one B, our focus was that B and how I could make it an A. And if I couldn't make it an A, then it was something that I was lacking or something that I wasn't doing to ensure that I changed that B to an A. Um, From there, the next conversation that her and I was to have was after my daughter was born and I was expressing the love that I had for my daughter and how much she meant to me. And because of her, my, I am going to do this in my life and I'm changing my life for this and doing that and the advice my grandmother gave me and I'm just going to clearly say it it fucked me up uh, I, I hate to use that word but that's the word her, her advice was well you know God has a way of taking things when you love it too much and it, it threw me like what advice is that? I can't love my child to with every ounce of my being. That don't take away the love that I have God for God and not and God understands what she meant to me. That's why he gave her to me. So that didn't really sit well with me. So from that conversation, I think I withdrew more. I don't tell people what my right hand or my left hand doing or what I'm achieving or not achieving because I don't want people's negativity to interfere what I'm trying to do with my life. I don't want people to be against me or block my blessings. And I later learned that people can't block your blessings, only you can. But at that time, I became such an introvert with my personal self and my personal life that I shared nothing. People didn't know anything unless 
it was something funny that I can joke about or the minute things that I really didn't care about. So those were the type of stories and conversations you were you would get from me. You wouldn't get the hurt Nikki. You wouldn't get the achievements of Nikki. You just happened to find out about them because somebody else talked about it. Um, I published a whole book and nobody knew about it till like two days before it released. So that's where I was in my life and that's how I got there. Like the biggest thing to me and the, one of the main things for this story is when from my childhood, I made, I, I say a pact, but I prayed to God that if he would just allow me to live long enough so my child can turn 18 and not have to depend on anybody uh, as she grow but me because nobody in the world has shown me that they would have her back or my back. So I just wanted to be here because, you know, during that time, parents die young and your kids are left with people that you really don't want them to be with. And I just, that was my prayer. Please just let me live till she was 18. And I say that piece to tell this story that, so my child turned 18. We, we celebrated her graduation that May. She was 17. That August, she turned 18. The next week, she went to college. I started having this numbness sensation going down the left side of my body. And it became so bad to the point that I had to wheel my left side to take a step when I'm in mid-step. Like, my leg would just stay in one spot because it was what I would call dead and I couldn't understand what was going on and I I went to my primary care she sent me to a neurologist and they did all these nerve tests they did a I went there for like four weeks straight twice a week for them to do different tests on me and they couldn't figure out what was wrong and so on my last visit this neurologist told me he said I can't figure out what it is. We believe it's some type of nerve damage. We can't figure out where the nerve damage is. So at this time, my assessment is you living with it now. So you may just, it just may be something that you have to live with for the rest of your life and adjust your life according to the numbness. And I was, what? What what do you mean? Like live with this for the, you know, I was confused by that, but who am I? I'm not a doctor. I'm not educated. So I left his office that day still unsatisfied with his answer. So I went back to my uh, primary and I told her, I said, I just don't agree with what he's saying. Is there another specialist that I can see? I said, because I'm too young. I'm in my 30s. You know, I'm too young to be saying that I got to deal with this for the rest of my life. And what I mean going numb, I mean, I would be in the bed and have to wait till my left side wake up to get out of the bed and start my daily activities. So my, she asked me a few more questions. She said, okay, I think this is like maybe two weeks or three weeks before Thanksgiving. I, she said, let's, let's check some things out. She said, I'm going to send you to get an MRI and a CT scan. Now, back up just a little bit. It took me four weeks to see the neurologist. 
And then we went through the process. So she sent me the next day to get the MRI and the CT scan of my neck, of my head, of my arm, my legs, and just get a full body scan. Uh, after that test, I went to work. Within 30 minutes of leaving the office, getting into work, and getting settled, I got a phone call. And my doctor said, I got you set up to see a neurosurgeon. They found something on your spine, and we just want to check it out. Now, this messed me up because within that, you tell me it takes four four weeks to see the neuro, neurologist within 30 minutes I have an appointment set up for the next day to see the neurosurgeon so now I'm already feeling some type of way so the next day I go into the office I'm sitting on the little um the little bed thing he comes in he looks at the computer he turns to me he puts his hand on my knee and he said, I have no good news for you. Just like I paused then, I paused, I paused right there. I paused then too. No good news. He said, there is a spot on your spine. We're sitting that on your spine. We don't know if it's cancerous. We don't know if it's a tumor. We don't know what's going on, but we need to go in there and check it out. He gave me all the details. He, hey, um, I will be off work from three months to a year. He told me I would, it's a potentially I would never walk again. Worst could say, case scenario, I would die. Um, another case scenario is tumor, is a uh, cancerous, and I would have to go through chemo. But we're not there yet. He's just giving me all the scenarios. For the first time since my brother, a tear fell out my eye. Because you you have to understand what's going through my mind. My child just turned 18. I had a pact, per se, with God that just let her turn 18 and I will be okay. And now my prayer is, Lord, I, I know what I said when I was a kid, but God, please don't take me from her. She has so much more in life to do and so much more that she needs to accomplish. And I want to be there. I want to see it. I want to find some happiness. I've never had true happiness in my life. And I've done everything you asked me to do with your angel. Please allow me to spend these years with her and establish these goals and go through life with her and see my grandchildren. And, and, and that's where I say we limit ourselves when we make requests from God. I just wanted to make sure she got to 18, but I didn't think about the 25s, the 35s, the 40, the 50. She has so much life and I want to be a part of it all. So back to the scenario. So now I got to, my child is getting ready for her first college exams. And I don't know how to tell her that 
all this that's going on with her mom because I need her to focus on her exams and not focus on me. And at that point, I think I've told two people in my life what was going on. So they wanted to do the surgery the following Friday. So that was a Monday I went to the doctor. I seen, I mean, a Monday I went to my, to do the MRI. That Tuesday I seen that doctor. That Friday they wanted to do the surgery. There was no way I can allow them to do that surgery and I haven't talked to my doctor, my daughter. So we planned the surgery before, the Monday before Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken, if I got my dates right. So that gave me time to tell my child. So again, back, she was, she came home for the weekend before um, she has no clue. And we're talking and we're talking about what type of neurosurgeon she would want to be. Said, just plainly talking, she said, yeah, I, 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 I want to do the brain more than I want to do the spine. Now, remember, I just got told a couple of days ago that my tumor is on my spine. And I said, well, why wouldn't you want to do the spine? She said, the spine is the worst place to operate. You can do so much damage to people if you uh, interfering and playing around and tinkering around their spine. I'd rather do the brain because there's limited things you can do. I mean, there's limit, limited damage you can do. And she just had this whole spill and she had like a 15-minute rant on why it's horrible for the spine. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to tell this child that next week. The week after next, I'm going into surgery for them to operate on my spine. So, long story short, um, she came home for Thanksgiving holiday the Thursday or so before, and I had to sit my child down and have this conversation with her. She immediately begins to cry, and she, too, had a conversation with God, and she... I don't know how much of this I'm supposed to tell, but I'm just going to tell it. She said that she prayed to God. She's ready for her next level. And anything, any test he want to take her through, she's ready. So now she feels like God is doing this to me to test her because she prayed for her next level. So, of course, as mom, we had our cries, we had our conversation, and I reassured her, you know, this is just life, things go on. And I, at this moment, still going to surgery, I believe it was that Monday, or I don't know if I went a Friday and came out that Monday, or whatever the case was, um, I still haven't told a lot of people. I know... I told my mother and she was a basket case and she wanted to come up here. I don't know if she had the means to travel from Illinois to North Carolina to come here. But at that moment, I couldn't deal with her emotions and my emotions and my child's emotions. So I I never really went into the the talk of having her come or not but i will say this the one thing that hurt me yeah i waited to the last minute to tell my illinois family of what i was going through the one thing that hurt me when when all this is said and done that no one from my illinois family 
took in consideration that if I'd have died on that operating table, that my child would be in North Carolina by herself and she only had the individuals that I had placed in her life to protect her if I wasn't able to. And to my North Carolina friends, I love each and every one of you with with everything that I have for each one of you that came to the hospital and sat in that hospital with my child while I went through this surgery. You can never know the debt that I owe you for that. Um, I don't knock my Illinois family because I am 3,000 miles away and I did give you short notice. I just wish we'd have thought about it a little deeper. I wish we would have done things a little different and I say we in that because I take some of the responsibility for that. Um, So of course I went through the surgery and I came out okay because here I am baby. Here's the thing. They had, I had to go through, and this is where the mom kick in, and this is where you got to understand who I am as a person when it comes to being successful and when it comes to making sure that my child do not go to bed hungry or she doesn't miss any opportunity because of something that I missed or I lacked or I didn't fulfill or I didn't go through to ensure she was able to accomplish her goals. So again, like I said, the doctor said I would be out of work anywhere from three months to a year. I definitely wouldn't be back to work for three months. However, you got to understand life. I'm a single parent. This is my child's first year of college. Um, When you on short term and long term disability, them checks don't hit like they supposed to hit. I got bills, I got car notes, I got household, her finances. I have things that I have to do and those checks just wasn't what I needed them to be. So I went back to the doctor and the girl I was with with me at that time, she had hugged me and I had staples uh, down my neck to keep the the incision closed because they had some type of glue that was holding it in from the inside and she had bust one of those and the spinal fluid was seeping out my neck when I turned different ways so I had to see my doctor so her and I went to the doctor because I still wasn't uh, free to drive myself yet and he was like, well, two options. We can go back into the hospital and I um, open you back up, put the glue back in there and seal it back up um, to make sure this spinal fluid doesn't leave. Or we can first try the staples and I can um, staple you right now if you don't need any anesthesia. Um and we try to close this up as soon as possible. Me knowing in the back of my head, because this is the second week that I'm home from the hospital, that I'm not going to be out of work for three months. Them checks don't hit like they're supposed to hit. So I'm, hey, staple me. We're not going back and opening up nothing because if he open it up, that increases that six weeks. So he um, get the staple gun. He said, you sure? I said, I'm positive. So I looked at the wall and he pow, pow, stepped with me three times. And she was like, 
I can't believe you just sat through that. It was my determination. Plus, I got a high tolerance for pain anyway. It was my determination that I wasn't going back under the knife. So whatever he needed to do to me in that hospital with anesthesia, without anesthesia, he's going to do in that office right then and right there. Because my goal now is that I'm going back to work within two weeks. I need my full check. And it was against everything he wanted. And I think he only truly signed off on me going back to work because he thought I would fail. And it would make me sit down somewhere and let my body heal itself. Here's the nick that people don't understand. I will not fail. And I will not let my child down. And I will not let her suffer. So I would wake up at six o'clock in the morning get myself in in the shower and do what i can to wash my butt i would lay in i would lay my pants on the bed and i would slide sit down and ease myself to a laying position to get my pants and my shirts and my underwear my undergarments on before i sat back up because standing up for too long sent me dizzy and these are stories, this is part of stories that even my child don't know. And I would fix the car seat so that it would hold my neck and just hold my neck on the back of the headboard so it didn't move. And I would stiffly drive myself a uh, 25, 30 minute drive there and, there and then 20, 35 minute drive back depending on traffic and I would sit in when it was time to be still and my head was ringing I would sit at my desk and just put my head against the the back of the chair and just work and nobody knew how much because I couldn't take the pain pills because I'd be somewhere knocked out or crashed driving home so I wouldn't take my pills until I got home about six o'clock that night and I would take that pill and I'd be asleep for the rest of the night because I was in that much pain. I did that and my body healed slower than it should have because I was doing things that I shouldn't. But that was my determination to make sure I got full checks. Nobody could believe that I went back to work four weeks after that surgery. Um, do I still have that pain? Do I still have that numbness? I have all of that. The surgery did come. It was, they did remove as much of the spot, um, tumor as they could. Um, there was minimal damage, but overall it was my determination and my willpower not to let this defeat me because I felt like if this defeated me, I failed her and she needed somebody in her corner that believed in her as much as I believed in her. And I just didn't think my family on, was strong enough to support her through the things that she going through. That's no pun on them. That's just how I felt. And I couldn't allow her to go through this, this time without all the support that she deserved. So needless to say, I made it through. I'm here. Um, I just just wanted to give y'all that piece. So I say all that to say is that I just graduated. I didn't tell anybody. I, I made little innuendos. Yeah, I graduated. Um, I got my degree. Uh, I, I, I don't even think I told anybody that I had a virtual ceremony today. I just... I got to work on that. I, I got to work on letting people in and letting people 
have fun with my achievements like I'm having. Um, I'm going to work on that. That's that's one of my flaws, and I guess I can work on that. I guess when you're independent for so long, and I've been independent, I say damn near since I was five. That was was a pun on the family. Uh, (laughs) That I don't know how to depend on others. I don't know how to say I need help. I don't know how to accept help. Um, I could give you all the advice in the world and I can help you all every which way from Sunday, but to allow people to help me makes me feel like a failure. And that's something I, I, I was working on in my last two relationships. Um, learning how to let people in, learning how to let people love you, uh, for you and let them see the true you and let them decide if they want to love the true you. So with that being said, I'm going to cut this one short. Yes, thank everybody for the congratulations that I'm going to now receive for graduating. Just understand that nothing beats a failure but a try. And if you let that failure make you stop, then you already lost. You can never win once you stop. I will always fight to be a better person than I was yesterday. And I will go to my grave ensuring that my child has a piece of that American pie. So again, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you got some type of enjoyment out of it. Um, I'm going to go. I think I'm going to hit a relationship next story. I think I'm going to tell one of my uh, crazy relationships. I think that's the one I'm going to do to give y'all some laughs to let you know that I've come a long way as an individual. So again, don't forget to hit me up on all platforms. uh, X Believe Me or Not, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget there's a book out there called Starting With Us. And I remember the name of the second book. It's called Just Us. It's ready for y'all. It's coming. I promise you. Again, like I say, I just don't know what platform. It's coming. Uh, Keep listening. Keep supporting me. Um, I'm working on getting some apparel for Believe Me or Not. It's doing big things. And I I, I appreciate it. Um, I got international views. I I don't know how I got international views. But hey, some some people out there... Hey, I guess I'm going to have to go learn some other languages or something and, and, and speak them languages and, and get it down like that. What y'all think? Thanks again for supporting me. I'm out. <laughs>